0: Welcome to this episode of the Network Marketing Heroes podcast, hosted by 38-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2, With Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Blissbrook. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's tools on BlissBusiness.com. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: this is Bo Tanis, from Toronto, Canada. He is a 22-year veteran of the 40-year-old network marketing company, Niken, N I K K E N. I K K E N. And uh, I'm going to have Bo start off by telling us his story. But first of all, I'm going to tell you his stats because one of the unique things about the Bliss Business interviews is we really like to focus on people's stats if we believe in Bliss Business in statistics and people keeping their statistics so they can actually create a business plan and update their business plan and use those statistics to coach other people in their group. So let me give uh some of uh give you some of Bo's statistics in building his business. Here's a really critical one that I'm sure he'll talk some about and I'll ask him about. Twenty one personally sponsored people in his first 90 days. One of the things Bo and I will be talking about is how important it is to get a fast start, what I call a reckless abandon approach to launching your business and getting as many people as possible involved in those first 90 days so that your launch story is exciting as it can possibly be. And here's the next statistic 30 people personally sponsored in his first year. I think Bo will probably share with us that that's not as many as one might expect for the size of organization that Bo has. I might expect that he would have sponsored twice that many in his first year. But as long as you end up with the leaders and the depth and the massiveness in your organization, it doesn't matter. In the second year, Bo personally sponsored 10 people, which one of the things we'll be talking about is how easy it is to slip from leadership and production into management mode. And I don't know if Bo did that, but if he did in his second year, he'll tell us about it. In the first first four years, Bo personally sponsored 60 people, which is, again, statistically for the size of your organization, Bo,
0: he is really
1: low, and so I'm going to be really curious about what you have to say about that, if that was intentional or not. Total in 22 years, he's only sponsored 90 people. But here's the most important part. It doesn't matter how many people you sponsor or when you sponsor them. It only matters what you end up with. And out of the work that been and done in the last 22 years, he has three very large legs. And that's about the minimum that you need to build an empire in network marketing. Most people that have empires will say that most of their money, 75% or more comes from one leg and they have at least three, sometimes four or five or six. Bo has three really big ones, which means he got, he got the big leg that is 75% of his income and then he got two more just like it. And, uh, Here's, here's like where the rubber meets the road. Over 60,000 people in Bo's group that are active, and they're doing about $3 million a month in business. Those are some phenomenal accomplishments, Bo. And you and I have been friends a long time, watched each other's career, cheered each other on, uh, spent some time on the phone at times, you know, consoling each other, coaching each other, sharing ideas. It's been a pleasure to know you. You've been a phenomenal inspiration. And uh, what I want you to do now is uh, tell everybody on this call and on this recording, which is going to end up on a CD, and people around the world could be listening to this 10 or 15 years from now. Tell people your story. How did you get started in network marketing? I love the guy, the story of the guy that you first met that impressed you, and I want people to hear how that all came about, and how you got introduced to network
0: marketing the first time. I'd be happy to. And first, I want to thank you uh, for inviting me to be on this call. Um, we have known each other for quite a while. I remember when you were on the cover of Success Magazine in '92 or '93, just when I was getting started with my current company, Niken. And uh, I've always loved your no BS, uh, get right to the core of. Of the matter approach to the business and so thank you for all you've been doing in many capacities as a leader as an ambassador and I believe you worked with the Direct Selling Association and many things and I was just listening to some of your previous calls uh, your hero calls and uh, this stuff is so valuable I mean I'm the consummate student and uh, I got a lot out of the uh, Jordan Adler and the other guy um, but you just said uh, last week. So thank you for all you're doing, and thank you for your friendship and, and mentorship. Okay, hey, you're welcome. So tell us your story, Bo. How,
1: how, what is, uh, tell us a little bit about, like, where you grew up and, you know, how life got started for you and where you end up where you got introduced to network marketing.
0: Sure. Uh, actually, I was born in Germany. Uh, my parents are Ukrainian, where they met after the World War II, And we emigrated to the U.S. when I was very small, two years old. And I grew up in New Jersey and uh, eventually moved to New York where I studied art and music and uh, drove taxi cab when I was trying to survive in uh, the crazy city of New York. And I I was a musician for many years and I moved to L.A. and I played in a number of different bands in Los Angeles. And then I had an offer in the mid-70s to play with a top recording band in Toronto. And I thought I'd come up here for... A year or two and tour with them, and I wound up staying here, and I became eventually a, a Canadian citizen, a dual citizen, and uh, ra- you know raised a family, uh, two wonderful sons, and actually one of my sons has pursued a musical career. He's playing in a very successful band, many people would recognize now.
1: Yeah, tell us the name of that. I see you promoting that on Facebook a lot. That's awesome.
0: What? Oh, he's playing with a band is? named Magic, and right now they were. Uh, they're, touring in Europe as they're doing a a major tour with a a group called Maroon 5 in early oh, yeah. next year all around the world w- Wimbledon and Madison Square Garden things like that. So he's having a wonderful time. He's a great drummer and songwriter. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's, it's I'm so happy for him. Um so when I was a musician and uh, when I started raising a family, I didn't want to travel anymore and I just kind of got burnt out by the lifestyle of continuously traveling. And so when I started raising a family, I had to get a a real job, so to speak. And I wasn't trained for anything else other than music, really. And so I I did a variety of jobs. I did uh, home renovations, construction. I tried door-to-door sales, which I failed at miserably. Uh, Eventually, I was managing a small advertising company. But after a number of jobs, I realized you cannot make real income working for somebody else. You know, that cliche, uh, an employer takes your time and and talent at wholesale and sells it out at retail. And so you're not really getting what you're worth. If you have a desire to do more, you can do more. And that's the, the good news of network marketing is that other people are doing it, have done it, and if they can, why not you? And I was introduced to network marketing uh, actually, before network marketing, I decided to become an entrepreneur, and I opened up a video store that was very successful. I experienced the uh, tremendous power of good timing in the uh, 80s. You know, nobody had a VCR then, and by the end of the 80s, everybody had a VCR. And so I had a couple of video stores. I had a wholesale business. Eventually, I sold those and opened up a restaurant and lost everything. <laughs> like everything. And, and some of the banks money. <laughs> So that was, you know, that was painful and very stressful. I went through some life changes there. Um but they say, you know, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger and there were lessons to be learned. Right. And like Jordan Adler, you were saying on a recent call, it's not how much money you make, it's how much you keep. That also was right. an important part of it.
1: Um
0: but at this point, now we're into the early 90s and I have no more cash to start another business with, so I became a real estate agent. And it seemed like a great idea at the time, but I experienced the tremendous power of bad timing as the market was crashing in the early 90s, all around North America, I believe, and certainly in Canada. But uh, I was struggling in real estate for about a year, and I, however, met a gentleman who was quite well-known, his family well-known in Canada, named Black, the Black family. They had a, a business called Black's Photography, a nationwide chain of camera stores. Almost every mall in the country had a or has still a black uh, photography store. anyway, Bruce and his family sold that business for a hundred million dollars a few years before I met him. so he was happily retired. He and his four brothers, three brothers, happily retired. Uh, I got to know him because we were doing a, a real estate deal. He was selling a large estate in Toronto, and I was involved in that. We had become friends, and he was in network marketing. So that kind of impressed me. Why is this multimillionaire doing network marketing? And he had used some of the Nikan products and had a very dramatic uh, result with it. And so I was skeptical. I had never heard of these products or the use of earth energies like magnetics or far infrared or negative ions for health. Anyway, I came to a presentation just out of courtesy for him, but I was I was curious enough. I heard some amazing things about the products and about the income potential, and I got involved. And like uh, <laughs> some leaders, uh, I didn't have enough money to sign up that night. I was a real estate agent waiting for a commission check coming uh, in a couple of weeks, so I borrowed a couple hundred dollars from him to sign up and to buy some products, and and I think he's happy that he lent me the money. I did pay him back in a couple of weeks. But it was the... the, the uh, exposure by someone who I trusted, um, who I knew didn't need to be involved in this. He had millions in the bank. But he uh, was excited about what it did for people, uh, both physically and financially. So that was my beginning in network marketing. Okay.
1: So, Bo, my next question is, when you first saw it, when you saw the presentation, and I don't mean the products, but I mean the business concept the geometric progressions, the recruiting aspect, the building a sales team. What was it about that that um, confused you, deterred you, concerned you, and also inspired you? What, What was your initial impression of the presentation
0: around network marketing, the business model? Let me step back just one second, because I had been in network marketing for about a year and a half before. And so I was the consummate student. I went to every meeting, every training, and I was enamored and certainly curious by this concept of leverage. That's something that is not taught in school, um, and it's something that is really one of the secrets of high-income earners. They do not trade time for money. They are doing something. They have some kind of a system where they are leveraging the time and efforts of other people, whether they have a number of stores, a number of employees, or a factory, or in the case of a network marketing company, dozens, hundreds, or or even thousands and thousands of people who are doing something uh, every day, and they make a small percentage of it. So that idea of leverage fascinated me, because my whole life was spent working and trading time for money, like most people. And so that company was having some problems. But I I, uh, I developed a, a belief and understanding in network marketing just because of the study and having met many professional and credible people who were involved. So when Nikan did come along and Bruce introduced me to this company, because that one was going through some problems and basically going out of business for a while. Uh, when this came along, it all made sense, the combination of, of products and the business. So I was ready However, I was skeptical about the products. But once I saw and heard enough information, I realized, well, I'm going I'm to sign up. I'm going to you know, put my feet in the water, test it out. And within a couple of weeks of uh, learning more about the company and the products and network marketing too, because I was still relatively new, I decided to, to do it uh, flat out. And the day I signed up, one thing I learned from my previous network marketing experience Because all experience, as you know, Richard, is valuable, even if it's negative. (laughs) Because if you're paying attention and you learn some things, um, one thing I learned was to be coachable. And uh, I was not coachable in my previous uh, company because I came from real estate where nobody told you anything of value. In fact, people would hide information from you, even in your own office. It was a very cutthroat kind of environment. And so if someone said, do ABC, well, I knew I should do CBA because whatever they told me (laughs) couldn't possibly be right. (laughs) So I was kind of jaded in that respect. Eventually I realized I should be coachable and listen because uh, you know it's quite simply a win-win business. The more I make, the more they make, so they have no reason to misrepresent uh, the facts. And so I immediately signed up, and that same day I called a guy by the name of Reed Nelson, who was a high-income earner in our company, and I called him up, I said, what did you do? Because he was making uh, 50000 a month, he made half a million in his first year, and so he basically said uh, the magic word to me, which you say in different ways, Richard, which was AOMA, A-O-M-A, all-out massive action to launch your business like a plane getting off the ground or a rocket, Um when a plane is getting off the ground and I'm getting on one early in the morning tomorrow, you know, it can't get off the ground at 10 miles an hour. It's got to reach a, a, a specific speed of about 180 miles per hour to lift off the ground. And so right. likewise, in network marketing, um, we've learned that the best approach is to get the hard work out of the way. And so I did that, which I didn't do in my previous company. So I this I made a plan to put together... A hundred information packages. This is back when we had, of course, uh, audio cassettes, and VHS tapes. Perfect. And I, I, I wanted to put a hundred tapes and a hundred hands in a hundred days. And beautiful. Say about, that again. Say that again, Bo. magic. A hundred tapes and a hundred hands in a hundred days. The hundred and a hundred. Yeah. Beautiful. And, uh, you know, you can word it different ways, but that made, that number made sense to me because in my in my other experience, my previous experience, I was chasing people who weren't interested in doing anything. And when right. I interviewed people who were making high income, six or seven figures annually, they did what you talk about, what all the top leaders talk about, which is to create massive action to launch your business with a big push, a 90-day push. So I did that. I sponsored 20, uh, 21 people in my first 90 days. And... I had some great success, and I found a couple of great leaders in my second and third and fourth levels. As it turned out, none of the people that I personally sponsored became superstars, but they led me to someone who did, or, 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 or you know, in the second or third levels. Yeah, which is often as you, oftentimes the case, and doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, and and finding them is not a good idea. It's everything. Yeah. If I didn't find those people who had extraordinary desire and work ethic, and and, uh, and and let me ask you, Richard, this is one thing I've observed: not everyone is ready to earn high income. You know, psychologically, mentally, spiritually, whatever it is, some people feel that if they are in high income, they may become a bad person, or there's some negative connotation with with high income. Some people have already. Resolve those issues in themselves, and are chomping at the bit to make five, ten, twenty, thirty thousand a month or more. And so, finding those people, I found, I found was really ex- extremely important. Yeah, the distinction there that that
1: uh, I talk about in uh, one of my books, Bo, is the the difference between what people want and what people expect and demand of themselves and, you know, people can talk about making, you know, 10 or $20,000 a month, but if they don't have a vision of themselves earning that amount of money, if they don't give themselves permission to earn that kind of money, if they don't hold themselves worthy of earning that kind of money, then it doesn't matter what they want. They'll just sabotage themselves. So in going out and finding, you know, the, the key that the, uh, in network marketing is to find ambitious people, people that want a great deal more out of life. And at the moment that you're offering them the opportunity, it's the timing is just happens to be perfect, and they're willing to do, at least for some period of time, what it takes, you know, at least long enough to get into their, you know, first and second generation. So maybe you find some people that you can work with there because ultimately, what you're working, what you're looking for, are those three leaders, those three legs that you built out. Those that that's what makes for a network marketing empire. Is it always comes down to leadership. I'm sure the people on this call are curious. I think most of the people on this call, or uh, listening to this CD at some point in the future, are are probably in the position where they've been in the business for you know three or four months, or maybe three or four years. And they've never sponsored 21 people in 90 days. They've never put anything in 100 people's hands in 100 days. They'd probably like to know, Bo, how you did that. And specifically, if I could imagine what's in their minds is, who did you talk to? And what did you say that actually ended up being successful? So... You know, I know people talk to people a lot and sometimes they get frustrated because they talk to 10 or 15 people and, you know, nobody's interested. Nobody has time. Nobody resonates with the idea. Nobody reads the book. Nobody tries the product. So, I don't, don't speak to that whole issue at this point, but tell people, just in your case, where did you find those 100 people? And, you know besides the products because that's not going to help these people to hear about what you said about the products what did you say about the opportunity that captured people's attention
0: and landed you 21 out of 100 certainly uh and i must say you know i made a list like i was instructed to do i made a list of 160 some people and initially i only made a list of about 40 people cuz i was thinking and I've learned that when you're making a list, stop thinking and just start writing. Often people are thinking, "Oh, Richard Brooke, Oh, no, he's too successful. Oh, Joe Smith. No, he's too unsuccessful." Uh, you know, you're thinking who might want to do this. Big mistake. Just yeah. write as many names as you possibly can. It may take two or three hours or longer. Put them on paper. Put them on a, a spreadsheet. Whatever you do, I like it. I like uh, some of the training material by M. J. Durkin where he really suggests actually writing it on paper and keeping it in your pocket as a mental trigger every day to add new people to the list. But make that list as long as possible, and then go over it with people uh, who you are working with, whether you're a sponsor or someone in uh, their upline who's already successful, and uh, let them guide you in, in selecting who to approach first. Pick the top 10 or, or top 20. you know. And if you really think about it, you could... Come up easily with at least a hundred names, and if you're able to come up with three, four, five hundred names, make that list as long as possible. So I started uh, approaching people. I was uh, going through a rough time; I had just gone through a, a bankruptcy and a divorce. It was, uh, and I was working in a, in a crappy real estate market. You know, two step forward, three step back. And I thought I have no time and no money to do this, uh, but I knew if I didn't make a change, nothing was going to change um so i had to make uh uh something happen and so for breakfast for lunch I, whenever i could i'd call somebody i'd meet somebody for for a coffee and I, and i would tell them look uh, i'm doing something new you've got to ch- check this out and i would talk about the concept of leverage but one thing i learned to do pretty quickly was to not just yap at them but to ask some questions see where they are in their life you know what, what do kind they of like to do i'm sorry what kind of questions did you ask them? Well, I I learned uh, something from a study called NLP, Neurolinguistic Programming, which I had t- taken a couple classes on. Not that it's necessary, but it was just simple, interesting questions. And I would uh, ask you, Richard, so tell me, you know, what are you doing? And you'd tell me, uh, you're a real estate agent, you're a school teacher, you're a truck driver, you're a doctor, whatever you are. And I would ask, what do you like best about what you're doing? And I would listen carefully because you would tell me something that's of value to you, of value of some kind, helping people, making money, making a difference, uh, whatever it is. Then I would say, what don't you like about what you're doing? And I'd listen carefully again because now you'd, you'd offer up a challenge, a problem that you want solving. Uh, maybe you're not making enough money. You're working
1: uh,
0: too hard. You are you hate the boss. You hate the commute, whatever it is. Um and i would uh, then ask you to to look at something that could be in harmony with that value and that addresses the challenge um uh, and sometimes you have to ask some other questions because people aren't always willing to give you the truth let me can i give you an example yeah please i was talking to a school teacher once on a three-way call and uh I said, well, nice to meet you. Uh, you know, what do you do for a living? She says, well, I'm a school teacher. I said, wonderful. What do you like best about teaching? And, Oh, I love watching the children blossom like flowers. I'd like to see them grow and develop. Oh, uh, Fantastic. What don't you like about what you're doing? And uh, she said, oh, nothing. I love everything about it. Now, you and I know <laughs> there ain't no job that exists on planet Earth where there's something people don't like about it. Right. Basically. And so, but, you know, after a while, I realized I could ask other questions. So I would say, well, tell me, are you making all the money you ever wanted to make? Oh, no, uh, we school teachers don't make nearly enough money. It's like, duh, you know.
1: Uh, so how did you transition? So well, somebody you said, I don't like the hours. I don't like this. I don't like that. What would
0: you say to
1: ask them to look at your your opportunity?
0: I would say... First of all, she mentioned one other thing that was interesting. I said, "You want to keep doing what you're doing for the next ten, twenty years?" She said, "Oh no, the the politics and the backstabbing of the school board <laughs> is terrible." Now, now it comes out. Now it comes out. So you could ask, you know, other questions if you don't get those answers right away. And most people will tell you what they like and what they don't like, but sometimes they don't. And I say, "Well, you know what?" In our business, we help people by educating them about wellness and financial wellness and how to create a better lifestyle with time mm-hmm. freedom. And uh, and we work in a cooperative environment, not a threatening environment. Tell me, does that interest you? Are you open to looking at something like that? Oh, yeah. Tell me more. So that's yeah, okay. what it was. I found what uh, was important to her, what was a challenge to her, and then I positioned – our opportunity as a possible solution, and just wanted to have her look at it. We know we can't ram it down their throat. We just want to get people to open their, their minds and to take a look at what we have. Yeah, that's
1: a, that's a beautiful, simple formula.
0: So now let me
1: ask you this. People probably are a little curious. You personally sponsored 21 people in that first 90 days, and you say your leaders did not come uh from those people. In fact, over your career, you've personally sponsored 90 people. Have any of your leaders come from those 90 people?
0: One did, but then went uh, and joined another company.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect.
0: First time in network marketing history. No one one, one ever did that before.
1: Right. So (laughs) I think this will be interesting for people, Bo, if you could talk about you know, how is it that you sponsored 21 people in your first 90 days and none of them ended up being a leader? Now, I don't know, maybe some of them are still customers or maybe none of them are even involved in the business anymore. But what was that process like to sponsor that many people and then have have them, in a sense, disappoint you and and not do what they said they're going to do? I mean, obviously, if people sign up in the business, what they're saying is, I want to do this, and yet what we find is you know three hours later, three days later, three weeks later, later, three months later, they don't want to do it anymore and So, what was that process like for you, and how did you dig down below them and find the gold?
0: I knew that I had to get people in and to get them activated to get them making money, to uh take that initial enthusiasm that they had and to Produce some results and hopefully put some money in their pocket, and have them feel good about what they were doing. And so, if I sponsored you, Richard, I say, great, welcome to the team. Uh, I try to get an idea: of what do you want out of uh, this opportunity? Is it to? Uh, is it just for the products? Do you want to make some money? Do you want to help some people? What do you want? And if you want to make money, uh, you know, I'd like to get some idea: are you just a hobby for you, or you want to get some? You know, you want to make some serious income. And so, based on on your results and and your answers, uh, I would do everything possible to activate you. Let's go see some people today, Richard. Let's make some calls. And so if I could get them into motion immediately, even if their products have not arrived yet, in some cases, I would sponsor some – I have sponsored some people, and within an hour, we're making 100 calls over the next three days. Mm. So some people are more ready than others. And just to give you my numbers out of that 100 – out of that hundred, sixty-five said no. 35 right. came to some group meeting, a large or small one, and 20 of them signed up and at least bought some products. So 21 signed up and bought some products. But only 5 out of the 21 were really ready to take action. The others had tv to watch or had to go bowling or whatever they had to do they just really weren't ready and the timing wasn't right for them and you know they're still nice people but you know they weren't ready to go you know i was a musician i played many bands and many places around north america and uh i learned that you could be playing incredible music but not everyone hears it uh played big concerts uh nightclubs i was a bass player and sometimes you'd be playing with an amazing band and the band is rocking and, and you look out in the audience and people are swaying to and fro. Other people are just kind of standing around clueless. They just they just don't hear it. And I've learned, you know, dance with the people who hear the music. And yeah. not everyone does. And the same with our message and network marketing. You know, get going with people who express interest. And we don't know who's going to be ready. That's why... I know you and all the top leaders in network marketing talk about big numbers and a big focus because it's not what people say, it's what they do. And you don't know what their self-worth is, What if they're really ready for income, if they're really ready to to make a change, or if there's someone who uh, changes their mind every week and does right. something new every week. So all we can do is sponsor many, try to activate them. So I, I activated only – five out of the 21, because the other ones came to one or two meetings and, you know, either stopped returning my calls. And I'm a pretty nice guy. I I wasn't offensive. They just lost interest. But five said, yes, show me how. You know, let's make some money and let's get going.
1: What do you think would have happened with your 22-year career, Neekin, if in your first 90 days, instead of sponsoring 21 people and ending up with five that actually did some work, so you would have sponsored, instead of 21, you would have sponsored nine. Do you
0: think you would have gotten anybody out of the nine to even be active? Possibly not, not even one. Maybe one, if you, you never know. Because although it, in the it, long run it's, it's a percentage, maybe a third or quarter will do something, uh, but maybe it wouldn't be out of, out of those nine. So absolutely not.
1: Yeah, and your whole career could have been different. Um, so I know people are curious about the one leader that you personally sponsored that that turned out to be a great leader and then actually left for another company. Uh, tell us about that. Tell us, uh, um, you know, I think mostly, it doesn't matter how it happened or why it happened, but, you know, what did you do with that emotionally and psychologically and how did you get through it?
0: Well, by this point, I had been in the business about fifteen years, so I had seen everything humanly possible in the business. Yeah. So, right. it, although it was disappointing, it wasn't my biggest leg. It was a a good leader, and it was really had nothing to do with our opportunity or our company. There were some personal issues going on, and without getting into it, uh, there was a conflict, and they had to uh, they had to uh, step aside yeah. and do something else. And they eventually right. wound up later joining an, another company. And uh, doing well. I mean, you know, people are going to do well. If they're going to do well in anything, they will. Right. Yeah. All
1: right. So um, tell us this. What is, over your 22 years, probably focus on your early years, what is the number one mistake that you either made one time or you made repeatedly that you believe cost you the most amount of money. I know you've done extremely well, but the, the framework of this question is what do you know that you did once or multiple times that caught co-
0: that caused you to leave a, a big chunk of money still on the table? It was going into management mode. And for those about who are not management that. mode is where you spend more time telling people what to do than actually doing it yourself. Yeah. And I have to say, it's a bit of a challenge, because in the beginning, uh, with uh, the first group of people, I found some really strong leaders, and I worked underneath them to help them sponsor more and more people. And uh, one of my first big leaders is a gentleman named Ihor Lenko, who uh, is, one of the, is the largest group in my global team. And uh, I do if he was making money, and he was an ambitious former real estate broker, if he was making money, he was staying in, so uh he was a real go getter, and I would let him uh he didn't need an awful lot of help personally, but he'd sponsored a lot of people and I would go work with some of his people while he'd be sponsoring new people right whatever I could do to support him and put a check in his pocket that was of supreme importance to me um and so I spent a lot of time in my first year mostly doing that uh backing because he was a, a just a monster recruiter, an animal, as we say and uh uh and one of those very high uh, expect expecting a uh, high work ethic uh high producing people and a wonderful guy so uh i got wrapped up in that and i i lost sight of the fact that i've got to continue sponsoring one or two or three a month myself in addition to that uh, new launch that i did and so that what i did my first and second year wasn't nearly enough I, as you pointed out so well i should have sponsored another 50 uh, that first year, another fifty the second year, and and even another fifty the third year, my income would have been, you know, much. Higher. <laughs>
1: yeah, probably not twice as much, but probably three or four times as much.
0: And not you know what? what else? Also, doing- also, what happens is that I was making great money, and so I was never really a money guy. I was an artist and a musician for many years. Once I started raising a family, money became much more important than, right. uh, than b- it was before. But once I started making a high six figures, I t- started taking a lot of time with family and uh, doing other things. But I could have been more effective and more productive with my time, more organized, so that I could have continued that uh, very crucial sponsoring in the first four years. Okay. what's The flip side of
1: that is, What's the smartest thing you did, either one time or multiple times that led to the majority of your success?
0: One is to activate people. So if I sponsored you, it's very important for me to help you get several people in your network and and even drive it a couple levels deep. Because if I sponsor you, Richard, I don't know what you're going to do, but I know that you can lead me to someone who... uh, may become the next superstar. Uh there's a saying it's it's not meant to be derogatory but it's sort of uh, well maybe you'll agree every dud knows a stud. <laughs>
1: right.
0: <laughs> and it's just not <laughs> that they're a dud but maybe in this business they're not going to do an awful lot but if you activate them and ask them if I ask you Richard who are some of the who are some of the sharpest most successful ambitious people you know? Let's go see them first. And we sponsor maybe Joseph, and and, uh, maybe you're busy with your day job. I'll ask Joseph, Joseph, who are some of the people you'd love to have in your business? Let's go see them like right now, today, tonight. Let's call them up. Let's go see them. We get in the car and do an ABC, uh, uh, you know, a a two-on-one presentation. Mm -hmm. And so if I help Joseph sponsor Maria, for example, and Maria gets moving, and producing uh, some income for Joseph, Joseph is excited. Now, of course, if Joseph is making money, you, Richard, are excited. So, you know, it's it's a, that old activity of building the fire down beneath, and heat right. rises up. Yeah, so, it would be wonderful to
1: have this statistic accurate, but, uh, I, you know, I could just guess and say that 95% of the people but quit their network marketing company don't have anybody active under them correct and so what you're talking about by activating people is just getting at least one you know two or three you know that that's like uh fantastic it doesn't matter what level they're at under the new person they could be a first level they could be a second level they could be a third level But if you get some people active under your new distributor, then what the new distributor says about the opportunity is, hey, this is working. And, you know, the the last thing you want is to have your new distributor be in the business for 30 days and they don't have any people under them because what they're going to say, no matter what the conference calls and the webinars and the meetings say, is what they're going to say is this isn't working. And as soon as they say it isn't working, then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. They, they stop talking to people. They stop talking with conviction. And it's not long before it isn't working for sure. So that's a, uh, that's a brilliant, brilliant tip.
0: So the last question, Bo, well, can I add uh, one more thing to that, Richard? Yeah, sure. please. Uh, I learned from Reed Nelson and his upline, Dave Johnson, who, you know, Oh yeah. Um, I, I heard from uh, all of my leaders. You know, if I sponsor you, Richard, I've got to put you in a position where you have something to lose if you walk away. Absolutely. So I have to create that vested interest. Get two, three, five, or even ten people in your group, and hopefully a couple levels deep, so that you can't walk away. Yeah. There's some, there, you don't know what Joe and Susie and Maria and and, and uh, you know and Philip are going to do in your group, and uh, you've got to now qualify and. And hopefully do some more, so that was one really important. And the other one was just staying in despite despite the ups and downs of the business. you know if you can stay in long enough so that your efforts compound, but also your knowledge and belief continues to grow, so that no matter what's going on around you, you realize it's just human emotion and reaction you know it, it, it just because you sponsor ten people and nine of them quit, that doesn't mean anything in the long run. Right. Just right. They they just want the right
1: people. Right. <clears throat> okay. So a couple more questions. Uh, um, the next one is, you got people listening to this call. I think you know, in terms of time, once these get on CDs and get out in in the marketplace, you know, as you know how this business works, somebody could be listening to this CD or MP three. Or whatever the format is, seven years from now in you know in India or Australia or Japan or Indonesia or Mississippi, and as you know, most of the people listening to this call um they won't have personally sponsored twenty one people in ninety days they They won't have got five active people; they perhaps wouldn't have had the benefit of the type of mentoring and upline that you had. And they're going to be struggling. They're going to be struggling with their business, but more importantly, they're going to be struggling with their belief in the business. And if this portion of the CD is the last thing they could ever hear, like from this point on, all of their training and personal development is shut off. And if they're going to make it in this business, it's because of what, Botanis is going to tell them in the next two or three minutes. If you could, if you could no only tell them one message in two or three
0: minutes to give them the best shot of making it, what would you tell them? Anything worthwhile is not easy. And I often, uh, in my trainings or presentations, ask people: Who here has kids? Who here has been married? Who? here has done anything worthwhile, was it easy? Of course not. But was it worth it? And so this profession, as you know and I know and some of the listeners may know, is really a noble profession. And uh, I'm glad that the focus is on treating it like a professional. And the uh, the, the books by uh, some of the great leaders out there, Eric Worre and GoPro, you know, this is a profession, and, and to treat it like a profession. But if you do stay with it long enough, you have to realize there are other people just like you that are already successful at it. What did they do? So be a sponge. Learn as much as you can, but be kind to yourself. Maybe you didn't come from an entrepreneurial background. Maybe you have some lessons to learn. First of all, hopefully, you're starting this part-time. So you've got a job, and will that job ever in a million years be able to turn your life around into a six-figure or higher income, whereas this business can with a very small investment. And also the fact that it's so gratifying. Uh, Most companies have some really good products, so you're benefiting people in some way with products, but the business really can change generations to come. One of my leaders mentioned to me, he goes, but when we get someone into our opportunity and we elevate their income so that they can move from X neighborhood to a better neighborhood so their children go to better schools and so that that family can take vacations or travel around the world, which totally opens up the, the paradigm of the entire family and the children and affects then how the children you know, grow up in their lives. So you're really having a much bigger effect then I initially thought that this business uh, can have on people. So I, all I can say is it's really, really worth it. It's a wonderful adventure of self-discovery and of really helping people. I didn't know all of this was going to be happening, uh, but we really do change lives. And it sounds like a cliche, but I've certainly experienced it. And I've, you know, get cards and letters <laughs> and emails yes. from people globally saying thanks for you know. I ran into somebody in Europe who said they heard me a few years ago, and they said, "Just get in and never quit. Sooner or later, you know, you'll find the answer." And they were going to quit, but they decided to stay in longer, and they're a diamond now. So you have no idea how the little pebble that you throw in the pond, what what ripples it'll create down the line, and what lives it'll it'll affect. So I'm just so happy I was able to get involved and stay involved, and to. Uh, help others. It's, it's a lot of fun. Well, 60,000 people, Bo, have benefited from your
1: decision, not only to get involved, but more importantly, to to persevere when it wasn't easy, to be coachable, to do the things that your leaders told you to do, to have the the attitude and the courage to do those things. But you are the window to 60,000 people. And you can and if you had, had either not gotten involved or if you'd quit there's sixty thousand people who wouldn't have an opportunity and uh be an interesting stat for you to create if you haven't already, but to figure out how much money those sixty thousand people have earned in the last twenty two years and how much money they're earning every month. And you're responsible for that, your vision and your courage and your massive action and your persistence when, you know, unfortunately what motivates most people to join our business is somebody's doing a presentation and they get involved because it seems like a good idea at the time. And the problem with that quality of decision is if they use the same logic somewhere down the road it's not going to seem like a good idea anymore and they're going to exit stage left and uh, you know that's sad because as you and I know anybody can do this business and of course you know the people that are trying to do it and struggling they may not think that and people that have quit would certainly say the opposite they'd say not everybody can do it but you and i know anybody can do it the skills that are required are gosh they're a lot less uh of of a bar to achieve than what most people do for a living now it's just you know it's a different animal because you know you can quit it's like you know your analogy of raising kids i mean uh, I've never done that. I've only imagined it for the last thirty years, and it scared me to death. um But you know that has to be the hardest thing that anybody's ever endeavored to do on the planet is raise kids on purpose. I imagine some parents just sort of skip out on it but but and for the, the women to
0: give the birth, <laughs> yeah, it's much easier but, for us
1: the men. <laughs> but i wonder how many parents if the paradigm of parenting was that you know what if it if it didn't look like it was working out uh if it got tough if they if they were kind of a pain in the ass you could just throw them back
0: hey right. right
1: you know you can quit i wonder how many parents would have just said well you this this isn't a, this isn't working out this they just you know they just wrecked my car this is, you know they're talking back to me they're costing me too much money I I didn't sign up for this. They're where do, where do I take them back? Yeah. I think, you know, parenting would would probably work out about like network marketing. So um <laughs> <clears throat> uh, bo, the last thing I want to ask you is I'm going to give you the floor for 3 minutes. So you can talk about anything you want to talk about. Uh and I am curious as a thread in that You've been at this uh, with this this one particular company for 22 years. I know you're kind of semi-retired, but you know what can we look forward to? Bo Tanis and his organization and Nican
0: doing in the next 10 years?
1: What's your current vision? What's your current plan?
0: Well, first of all, I recognize that despite the success we've had, we haven't even scratched the scratch of the surface. The potential is so. Massive. It's hard to imagine, and and not just for our company, but for all companies, because one thing I've learned is that the the population human population grows much faster than all network marketing marketing companies combined. In fact, we have negative population negative penetration into the marketplace relative to population growth. So the Opportunity is is really limited, unlimited. Excuse me, for all companies, uh, because everybody needs what network marketing company companies offer. People need more income. They want a better quality of life. They want to spend more time with their family, and uh, they want to do something that's meaningful. Also, people want to be part of something that's bigger than they are. Most companies have a, a, a mission, a vision, a a. Um, um, uh, what am i thinking of you know they're doing something that's making a difference in the world and it's very gratifying yeah. to, be, to be part of that and so uh, although i've been semi retired i'm uh, i'm still doing stuff i plan to sponsor new people this coming year uh, i've actually had the uh, good fortune of being able to create uh, a, a Quite a bit of freedom in my life to travel and do things with my family, but also to pursue other uh, things like um, getting back into music. I'm writing some music, but I'm also working on a screenplay.
1: Um, wow! Yeah,
0: I, in my travels, I experienced some wonderful uh, places and uh, had some great ideas to uh, to make a movie. So, uh, one thing you learn, and I know you know this, Richard, is that. You can do pretty well anything you can d- decide to, and if you don't know how to do it now, you just start and you'll figure it out on the way, right? And so, uh, and and if you have income coming in, and what you don't know, you can hire someone to do. <laughs> and so, absolutely <coughs> exciting to be able to work on uh, on a creative project like this while still uh, be uh, involved in my uh, opportunity. So well, that's beautiful. It is beautiful and it's it's very it's it's so much fun. And you also realize just one final comment is that you and I and all of us are worth so much more than we're trained to believe. And that we're capable of so much more. So uh I've heard you and I've heard other leaders say or ask the question, Are you tired of playing small? And I think that's a that's a powerful question.
1: Yeah, very animated.
0: Are you are you aware that you could do more? You have dreams to do more, and give it a shot. Go for it.
1: Well, Botanis,
0: your story is uh, is
1: legendary. It's epic. It's uh, authentic. It's sincere. It's heartwarming. It's courageous. It's inspirational, and I appreciate you investing this hour in everybody that's listening live
0: and everybody who will ever listen in the
1: future of this recording. So thank you my
0: Mike. friend. Also thank Here. you for your book. You know, we're starting to incorporate uh using the four-year career as a prospecting tool. Uh, I like what that the young uh, superstar Adam is doing and uh we're uh, we're following suit. So uh that's a great tool and I would encourage everyone to uh to use the four-year career as a way of breaking the ice and starting the conversation. Yeah, it's working well.
1: Thank you, Bo. Have a great trip to San Antonio. Appreciate your time.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Good night,
1: everybody. Good night, everybody.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. For more invaluable training tools, such as audios, videos, and of course, his best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 With Your Hair on Fire, head to blissbusiness.com. For 10% off your order, use discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles.